Hey, this is Bex, and welcome to Bookworms, my podcast all about books. I've got an amazing show for you today. We'll be talking to Martin Brown, the illustrator of Horrible Histories and author of the brand new book, Nell and the Cave Bear. We've got JB Gill from JLS and we can even squeeze in some book recommendations as well. I told you it was a good one, right? Uh, So I guess let's kick it off with JB Gill. Now he's from JLS, that amazing boy band, and you might have seen him on TV on a show called Down on the Farm. He's got a brand new book out called Ace and the Animal Heroes, and here he is to tell us all about it. JB Gill, how you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm I'm grand because I've read your book and I really, really enjoyed it, man. I had a great time. Oh, excellent. You are, I think, obviously, other people have read it, but you're the first official review I've had, so I'm glad to hear that. Honestly, <laughs> so we should tell everybody, the book is Ace and the Animal Heroes, the big farm rescue. Wanted to get that in there. Yep. I, I was just saying to my producer, I read it in one go. I had a lovely time. <laughs> Honestly, that is so brilliant to hear. And thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Not at all. Uh, so tell our listeners, uh, where do we meet Ace? How do we meet him? Well, Ace is a city boy to all intents and purposes. He lives with his grandmother and grandfather, Gigi and Gaga. And they all receive some news that effectively um, they have to move from the city to the countryside and take on a farm which has been left to them as as part of his inheritance, part of Ace's inheritance. Um, And obviously with that move, it comes to a huge change in scenery, but not only that, um, meeting new characters, meeting new individuals in the countryside, and also having to look after the farm squad and get the farm into tip-top shape for a big inspection at the end of the story. Oh my goodness, there's so much to discuss here. So first of all, we should say we meet lovely Bear as well, uh, who becomes one of Ace's best friends, and she knows her farm stuff, right? She does. So Bear is um, kind of, she, I guess, was inspired by my daughter. She's named after her in the sense that she shares one of her nicknames. My daughter, Kiara, we call her Bear. And like the real Kiara, she knows her stuff. Like you say, she knows absolutely everything. She, you know, likes to pay attention. She likes to focus and she loves animals, you know, and that's one of the most important things with, with this story is, you know, both Ace and Bear share a love of animals, but with Bear, she obviously has a lot of more experience. So it's kind of her imparting her experience onto Ace and together, collectively, you know, the two of them working uh, hand in hand in order to to accomplish something that they're very, very fond of. I was going to ask, actually, because I did notice, uh, I assumed the character Ace was named after your son. And I was going to say, does your daughter not feel a bit left out? But you filled that gap in for me. That's good. (laughs) I did. You know what? I I probably should never have started because now I'm getting, you know, I've got Gaga and Gigi. Gaga is is genuinely my, so my wife's, um, dad so ace's grandfather but Gigi is my side so Gigi is ace's grandmother but right. my mom um so i've got my 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 dad and and uh, um you know uh, chloe my wife's uh, mom asking when they're gonna feature i've got my niece and my nephew asking when they're gonna feature so i've got a lot of writing to get through oh in the next you few just years know everybody you meet now is gonna be like am i am i in the book is it did, did you did you put me in there? Um, now I um, I'm in Northumberland right now. I'm in the middle of a very rural area, uh, so I appreciated reading a book about a farm. And I mm. imagine you yourself, you know your farm stuff. Was it kind of cool to write about farms and to kind of imagine your your dream ideal scenario in a farm? Absolutely. And for me, you know, I think the best fiction is is definitely rooted in reality. You know, so I draw on a lot of personal experiences, a lot of instances and scenes throughout the book where, you know, Ace is interacting with the animals or there's a part where sort of Bear is just absolutely laughing at, at Gaga and Ace trying to round up the pigs and get, you know, the farmyard in order. And that is, you know, based on the reality, as I say, that I've had that experience for, for real, you know. 
but yeah, you know, being able to write about something that I'm incredibly passionate about, of course, the farm, we have a farm as well at home ourselves. So it's nice to be able to to represent something like that in, in, in a book, you know, and to have people who, I guess, kind of bridge that city slash countryside gap you know i think a lot of people feel that there's a huge difference between the two and of course there are differences but there are actually lots of similarities as well and i think the countryside you know having been here for the last sort of 12 years um you know living here where we live on our farm but also access to it and it's something that you know even though i grew up in a city my my family my parents especially were very keen for me to to experience and to understand you know and similarly you know i want to be able to continue that narrative not just for my children but for for lots of other city children um and children in the countryside as well you know often I, f- I find that you know when I go and, and I do my work with TV and I meet lots of um, you know children and families that live in the countryside you know they often feel like they're underrepresented this book really ticks a lot of boxes in that sense you know and a lot of things that I'm incredibly passionate about being able to get that across on you know down onto paper but also to be to be received by lots of different people up and down the country and indeed the world. Yeah, I've got to say, it was lovely to read it because uh, I think if you're in the city, you think I could never possibly live in the countryside and vice versa. Uh, And I, again, let yourself kind of do both. Um, So it's kind of nice to see both sides represented. And I have to say, uh, Ace takes to it very well. And also, I don't want to ruin too much, so I don't want to give too much away, but maybe Ace has a little extra help halfway through the book, shall we say, as to how to cope with the animals on the farm. Yes, exactly. And that's what it's all about. You know, when I first moved to the countryside, one of the things that I really appreciated, and it's something that I grew up with, actually, because, you know, I come from a Caribbean family and communities very much part of that spirit and part of our culture. But being able to have I guess a countryside community you know I can call people up and they've, they've helped me with you know with with the things that I've been doing here on the farm you know you, you you know that someone's always looking out for you always got your back you know you know the right places to go the right people to speak to if you need certain information and just being able to get that across as well you know Ace obviously goes through a huge transition he's meeting new new people although he has his favorite people with him and in his grandparents actually you know he's started a new school you know all of these things that you know may well be what other children might be going through and actually you know being able to have someone like bear who he can cling to um who can give him you know put him in the right direction and really help him to 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 flourish in his new life is is fantastic and tell me do you have a real life strut suite in your farm which is uh in the book where all the hens (laughs) kind of go it's honestly my a few of my friends at the moment have chickens and I was going to send them the book and be like you need to get this on your farm it's amazing Do you know what? I, I need I need a proper Gigi that can invent anything. I do have, obviously, I do have a coop. It's not quite as state-of-the-art as the strut suite, but um, yeah, I think I need to work on it because it, it's definitely a brilliant invention. I love the invention so much. I also love, again, I don't want to give too much away, but the um, <laughs> the animals get little gifts from, uh, from things they can wear, basically. And I just love that. The idea of a chicken wearing like a little warmer for their feather just amused me no end. <laughs> Is very happy. Well, you know what it's like. You know, I, I I often think to myself, you know, what what do the animals go through on a day like today, where you know it's it's been snowing, you know, and it's very cold in general. It has been, you know, we've been going through a bit of a cold spell. You know, actually, if they could speak, what would they say? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's you know, it was great to sort of you know come up with something that would would be quite fun, but also you know is reflective, I guess, of of. Uh, you know, almost humanizing, you know, because when we're cold and we want to go outside, we you know, put all our stuff on and we get ready. And, you know, once you've got the right gear, then you can kind of take on anything. So, yeah, it's, it's a fun addition to, to the story. That's for sure. Yeah, you do answer that question very well as to uh, what would an animal say to us, which is is very fun. And I have to say, I assume there's going to be more books in the series, right? It seems like there are so many more things to be done on this farm. 
I would love there to be. Absolutely. I mean, I think this is definitely, um, you know, the start of the adventures with uh, Ace and the, the Animal Heroes and the Farmer Squad, of course. Once this has is, is been published and, and, you know, people have been able to receive it, um, I'll, be, I'll be sitting down back again with the, the Puffin team and, and working out what the plans are for the future. Now, before I let you go, uh, I do something with every author on Fun Kids, a little quick fire round of questions. Uh, if that's okay to do with you now, yeah, all right, no pressure. Don't worry, there's no stress. So first up, books or Kindles? Oh, Kindles, only because they're a bit more portable. And I think the younger generation, well, the older generation as well. My mum loves her Kindle, but the younger generation can probably relate to it a bit more on a screen. Okay, good good answer, by the way. Uh, Heroes or villains? Heroes. But you do have a good villain in this book, right? Yes, I do have a good villain. Councillor Carrington is, I mean, I think he's got the potential to be good. But it's just that he doesn't want to to give in to that just yet. <laughs> oh, I got that vibe. I get that. Um, film adaptation or TV adaptation? Ooh, um, TV adaptation. A little little Netflix special for you. Yeah, well, we we'll get that sorted. <laughs> yeah, I I think you can get. I, I think these days you can get more out of a of a series, can't you? Yes, I I would agree, and I think a few authors are kind of noticing that. Um, chickens or cows? Uh, chickens for me because they're I think they're more dynamic in their character (laughs) that's a really good answer that's amazing beginnings or endings beginnings I think I love that creative process so for me it's like nice to start something and see where it's gonna end up uh lovely uh Hogwarts or Narnia Narnia. Narnia. Grew up with Narnia. I, 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 of course, I love Hogwarts as well, but um, I grew up with Narnia. That's definitely like a firm part of my childhood. So yeah, it's got to be Narnia. Awesome. Um, singing or writing? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go writing because I, I, although as much, as much as I love singing, I can still do music and write, if that makes sense. I see. A good answer. Very diplomatic. Um, do you <laughs> write nine to five or whenever you fancy? Whenever I fancy. Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? Oh, um, I'm going to go Paddington Bear. I loved both when I was growing up, but my kids know Paddington more than Winnie. And finally, the big one. This is this is the most important question you will be asked today. Okay. Not in this interview, but today. All right. <laughs> salt and vinegar yep. or cheese and onion? Oh, it's got to be salt and vinegar. Yes! all the way you could say anything you want for any other answer i wouldn't care that's the one (laughs) that i needed to know about that is the correct answer uh thank you so much for giving us the correct answer but also for giving us your book and i believe it's out pretty much everywhere in april is that right yes that's correct april the 27th is launch day super super excited about it so amazing to work with becca moore as well who illustrated alongside me and you know was able to bring all my ideas to life absolutely adore what she's done obviously huge privilege as well to be able to voice the audiobook so i hope that anybody who does pick up their kindle or does get the audiobook is able to enjoy that as well all right jb thank you so much for telling us all about ace and the animal heroes and and hopefully i will see you for the next one as well yes indeed thank you vex I love that book so much. It was such a fun read. A big thank you to JB Gill for chatting to me for Bookworms. So now it's time for the Fun Kids Book of the Month. And this month I have gone for a really beautiful, heartwarming adventure. It's from Martin Brown. Now, you may know him as the illustrator from Horrible Histories. Well, he's got a brand new book out called Nell and the Cave Bear, The Journey Home. Of course, as well as having this brilliant book out, Martin was also the illustrator of horrible histories. He's the kind of person that you you see his pictures and you know immediately where they're from. They're kind of iconic. So I want to find out more about it. I'm James Stewart, and in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists 
to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi James, I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. <laughs> this is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts. I am joined right now by author and illustrator Martin Brown. Hey Martin, how are you going? I'm really well. What a lovely day. Well, I'm very happy to be speaking to you because you have drawn some iconic pictures of my childhood, but we'll get back to that a little (laughs) later. First of all, we need to talk about your brand new book, Nell and the Cave Bear. This is The Journey Home, so it's the second book in uh, Nell and Cave Bear's stories. Uh, Can you tell us, if we haven't read the first, where do we pick up? Well, Nell has got this wonderful... Her best friend in the world is um, a cave bear. Uh, It's set in... Stone Age times, Neolithic times. She's an orphan and not many kids around her her age and just so happens to have found this sweet little fuzzy creature and they have become great friends. And turns out that the rest of the clan think that maybe as the bear gets older, it wouldn't be the best companion for a child to have a 10-foot cave bear hanging around. And... There is concern, and at some point in the first book, the elders of the village think that it might be best to give the pet away. Uh, now overhears this and thinks that's the worst thing in the world. And who wants their best friend to be separated from their best friend or someone sure. to give your pet away? And so she runs away. She ends up floating down the river on a log, and the log ends up in the sea, and she gets washed ashore on a beach by, well, some relatives, really. There's another clan, the fisher folk on the sea, and the seaside clan take her in. She's staying with the sea clan, uh, with Cave Bear, and the rest of the clan have now joined them. Yeah, that's where the new book begins. You also have a pretty good baddie in this book, uh, somebody who is out to catch Cave Bear in particular, and you've got a whole of the clan who are trying to uh, trying to get involved. But yeah, well, it's... Um, Every book needs a baddie. (laughs) It's one of those things where you scratch the surface with baddies and maybe they're not as bad as you as they might like (laughs) you to think. But yes, the Woodland clan are the sort of the grumpy ones that split off from the other two clans many, many, many generations ago. And they live in the dank and dark forest and they're a bit grumpy with the world. Yeah, in, in the Neolithic times, everyone hunts. That's what you have to do to survive. But they've crossed over to enjoying the hunt a little bit too much, shall we say. There's a good bit in the book where you kind of explain it. You're like, yes, we have to hunt, but it doesn't mean we hate animals. It just means it has to happen. Yeah, and I, I think most of us feel that way. No one no one likes killing things for a hoot. Yeah. But it's when it you know crosses over into something like that that becomes a problem. The uh, clan leader of the Woodland clan is thwarted in the first book. And he's, you know, an old guy and he's sort of grumpy about the whole thing. Doesn't want to be beaten by a, a little girl and a bear cub. So he's plotting revenge. Now, in in the book, I, again, it's tricky because I don't want to give too much away, but you do write humour very well. There are some quite funny bits that I could really imagine. Uh, was that quite difficult to write or does it come quite naturally to you? I think that might be from being a cartoonist for all these years, working on the horrible histories. I've never really considered myself much of an illustrator. There, there's some 
remarkably talented people coming out of college every year, and the standard of artwork in in children's books in the UK is phenomenal. So I I kind of balk at the at the idea of calling myself a, an illustrator sometimes. <laughs> but but coming from uh, coming from a, a cartoonist standpoint, it's about writing the gags. It's about seeing things visually that are funny. The first book, the Nell McCombe book, actually began life as a as a picture book because I saw it so clearly. I saw the, the images so clearly that the humour was kind of it was baked into those images. Oh, I see. And also, I mean, obviously, we should say you've got the illustrations in the book as well. Uh, did you, if you say it was meant to be a picture book, did you draw them first, or did you write everything and then decide what needed pictures to go with it? No, I drew the pictures first. I, right. I had these. I had these clear images of certain parts of the story. It even, I mean, even a long, long time ago, it began life as a non-fiction book. It was uh, an idea. It was about explaining Neolithic life, and that was a bit dry. So I, I <laughs> in, in, invented a character that would take you through the book, and she had a little story, and that story would take you through the various elements of of this non-fiction book. Yes, hunting, life in the cave how you fed and clothed yourself. But the, the little story took over. And the story was actually more interesting than anything I was trying to do in a non-fiction way. Now, you say you say this, it's interesting because I, as soon as I opened the book, as well as I really did enjoy the story, I, I also saw those pictures and I was like immediately thrown back to my horrible histories uh <laughs> you know, days. What is it like to have your drawings be so linked to such a big thing? Horrible histories are everywhere now. Yeah, it's um, it's sort of remarkable. It's Horrible History's 30th anniversary this year. No, wow. Which is, I don't know whether there's something to celebrate or something to be scared of. It's just, <laughs> I can't, I don't quite know where that time has gone. Because we started, we were going to do four books to follow the national curriculum back in the day. And uh, Terrible Tudors and the Awesome Egyptians came out. Then we did Bio Victorians and I think the Rockland Romans. And they did okay. So there was a couple more and then a couple more and a couple more. And then stage shows, television, movies, uh, it's slightly bonkers. Terry Derry, my lovely partner in crime, has said that we have now sold above 35 million books wow. worldwide. So it has turned into a sort of wonderful a phenomenon, I suppose. Not really for me to say, but <laughs> yeah, and I'm still doing it. Uh, you know, this afternoon I'll be back on the uh, at the drawing board because there's the the next horrible history coming along. <gasps> can you tell us what era you're drawing about? I'm not sure if I can at this point. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I thought I'd ask well, just in case. Well, no, I can. Let's see. The one I've just finished is the one that's out this week. Is to, to go with the anniversary. It's the horrible history's worst in the world, <gasps> okay. which is, as you can imagine, all the best worst bits. Uh, Terry has given them awards. We've got the bronze, silver, and gold medal awards for everything you can imagine. 30 different topics to cover the 30 years. Worst wow. food, worst school, worst battles, worst wars, worst rulers, you name it. And it's it, that was great fun. And I've just finished work on the Terrible Thames, which is something we should have done years ago, really, considering how central 
the Thames is, right from the you know the hills where it starts to flow out through Oxford and London to the sea. It's it's had Vikings, it's had Romans, it's had Shakespearean globe theatres, you name it. it, it it's, it's it's all there. So I've just sent that off. That's just happened. So that'll be the next one. Oh man, I can't wait. I honestly was obsessed with Horrible Histories as a kid. And I I met Terry Deary when I was little. And, oh wow. Um, he was in a bookshop and he was doing a signing and he said, when's your birthday? And I said, August the 16th. And he said, and do you know what happened on your birthday? And I said, yes, Elvis died. And I was so excited. <laughs> and he looked so disappointed because I imagine he just knows something about every day of the year. But I knew that because of him, because of your books, you know, you'd taught me <laughs> this amazing <laughs> fact. And I felt so bad afterwards that I'd, I'd ruined his trick. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But it's, but it's, that's the wonderful thing about history. People accuse Terry of being a historian, <laughs> and they accuse me of being an illustrator. He says, I'm, I'm not a historian, I'm a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not an illustrator, I'm a cartoonist. And, and history has the best story. I, sure. I think that's why it, it's got its hooks into everybody. And everyone's got a birthday, and everyone's birthday could be linked to something remarkable. Um, a lot of time has gone by. A lot of people have been in God. Elvis, one of them. Yeah, honestly, I was so happy that I could. I, at the yeah. time, I was so proud because I was like, "This, I've learned it from your books. Like, this is, you know, the peak. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so it was it was quite a moment. But yeah, I, like you say, um, the, the stories in history are just there for us all. And, and thank goodness that you guys are there to kind of make them more accessible, I guess. What's fun for us as well, because the stories are so great. The material is wonderful. If, if you are a humorist or a cartoonist and you wanted a, a subject to bounce off, you couldn't do better than history. It is just jam-packed with the, the perfect feed lines for a- any gag you want to write. Oh, I bet. Now, I could talk to you about Nell and Cave Bear and Horrible Histories all day, to be honest, but I will probably probably should let you go. But I, before I do let you go, I have one thing. I do a little uh, kind of quick-fire round of questions with all of the authors who come to Fun Kids. Is it okay to do that with you now? Yep, of course. All right, lovely stuff. So no pressure. <laughs> books or Kindles? No, books. <laughs> yeah, everyone says it. Uh, heroes or villains? Heroes. <laughs> okay. That was close, though. Um, film adaptation or TV adaptation? Oh, that's I um, <laughs> film. I like I like the immersive thing of cinema, but in a cinema. Okay, in, in the big, big dark room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Neolithic period or Tudor period? Is that to live? So, however you want to interpret it. Ah, well, Neolithic. <laughs> uh, by the way, that one was specifically for you. I don't ask every author that question. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but both of them, you know, it, you'd really want to take your own dentist. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, beginnings or endings? Gosh, that's hard. You didn't tell me it was going to be hard. <laughs> beginnings, so full of hope. Oh, what a poetic answer. Lovely. Um, writing or reading? Uh, God, they're all hard. No, um, they're, yeah, they're pretty tricky. Right. Yeah, blimey. Um, <laughs> reading, I suppose. That's a one that everybody finds really difficult to answer, and I was quite surprised it would be so tricky, to be honest. Well, because I love writing at present. I don't, Honestly, I don't know what the fuss is about. All these writers bang on about how difficult it is. <laughs> they should try illustrating for a living. I mean, goodness me. You'd all swap. Yeah, I've really enjoyed the writing bit. But the reading, I suppose, is, you know, it's everywhere, it's everything, it's all the time. 
So it's it's such a part. Um, all right, uh, Hogwarts or Narnia? Uh, Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Um, write nine to five, or do you write when you fancy? Nine to five. Nine to five. Uh, Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? Oh God, <laughs> honestly, it's not fair. <laughs> well, I grew I grew up with Winnie the Pooh. That was that's that's yeah. I, I'm quite late to Paddington because I okay. you know, from Australia. I, I sort of had. Paddington wasn't such a big deal, so I'll be true to my past. I would also accept hidden third option of Rupert the Bear, to be honest. I would also take that, but um, Win- Winnie the Pooh, okay, excellent. Rupert fu- the Pooh? Rupert the um, Pooh. <laughs> from Paddington? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> we can workshop it. We'll make it into a new book. That's fine. <laughs> um, and finally, the last one. This is the big one. Salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Neither. No way. Which? What Would you go for any other flavour? Plain salt. You're a ready-salted man. Ready-salted. Absolutely. That's my second favourite, so I'll I'll allow that one. Okay. If you'd have said cheese and onion, I would have been furious because that's my least favourite, uh, and salt and vinegar is my favourite. So that was a test, to be honest. But you yeah. sneakily flew under the radar. Well, only those three too. I mean, all the other things don't really count. Yeah, no one wants prawn cocktail, do they? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> and and besides, the only true crisp heaven are twisties. Oh, I don't know. Are they Australian? They are Australian. What are they? They are. There's a, a new thing. I know this sounds like I'm plugging a brand of. of, <laughs> of um, I love it. Crunchy Watsit, which is available now, which are close, but not quite as truly wonderful as Twisties are, which are yellow flavoured. Yellow flavoured. <laughs> I think there's so much food colour in there that. Um, but no, they are. Uh, wonderful things. Oh my goodness, you had me at crunchy what's it and if it tastes <laughs> like that, happy days, I'd be all there. Um, well, maybe I'll ask that to the next person. I'll add twisties in there. Uh, Martin Brown, thank you so much for telling us all about Horrible Histories and Nell and the Cave Bear, The Journey Home is out right now. It's such a beautiful book and it's such a great story um, and hopefully we will speak to you again for many more adventures. I hope so, that would be huge. I'll look forward to it. Of course, as well as the Fun Kids Book of the Month, there's also the Midas Children's Indie Book of the Month. Uh, In March, there was Bear and Bird, The Picnic and Other Stories. Now, this was by author and illustrator Jarvis. You can get lost in a comforting and lively picture book with Bear and Bird seeing how they spend the day with their friends. In April, the Indie Book of the Month was Molly, Olive and Dexter by Catherine Rayner. Now, this is Catherine's first ever picture book and it's got Molly the Hare, Olive the Owl and Dexter the Fox they're playing hide and seek, but what will they do if they can't find each other? Yeah, it's a pretty beautiful book, so go and check out Molly, Olive and Dexter. That's pretty much it for Bookworms this week. Thank you so much to JB Gill, to Martin Brown, and of course to you for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please do like, subscribe and follow wherever it is you get your podcast from. And I'll see you super soon. Bye. I'm James Stewart. And in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi, James. I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. (laughs) This is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts.